You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's The Game After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's The Game the after, after Show. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Ashley Gray. Make sure that you tweet me at tweet Nina Marie G and follow me on Instagram at and oh, not at Instagram, but at <laughs> Nina Marie Gray. Sorry, I'm a little tired. Okay. All right, we understand. <laughs> I'm Fallon Mercedes. You can find me online at Fit with Fallon and visit my website fitwithfallon.com. Absolutely. I checked it out recently. It is off the chain. <laughs> yes. And I am Kevin John, and I'm glad I did not wear pajamas today. These girls would have set me up. Um, <laughs> yes, because last week of the, the whole yep. pajamas Absolutely. Know, in the bed. We didn't Absolutely. confirm, so we, we, we got to tweet out next week. But if you do want to see me in my pajamas, you can follow me at <laughs> HeyKevinJohn on Twitter, because I put up pajama posts all the time. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's spicy. <laughs> so this is episode 18. There's two more episodes in this season and it's called In Treatment and this was real. This was, it you was know, serious. the game is a dramedy but I felt like today was a drama. This episode, hands down for me personally, was the best episode of this season. It touched so many really great topics and the acting, Tasha, right. it was phenomenal. Right. I was like, I was like, you know what? I want them to make a movie just based on the dynamic between Tasha and Malik. Like, it was so good. I kind of, like, want to see more of just right, this yeah. next week. And the cinematography in this episode right. was crazy. I really Amazeballs. think that BET Season 6 has really stepped up their game. I loved how they had Tasha as a teenager pregnant talking to the psychologist. Right. And then they had Malik come in, and he was still that little boy. And it really put you... And that mind frame of this little girl getting pregnant right. and sacrificing her life to become a mom and give birth to now this football star. And you know what? It was just so real because you see that so much, mm-hmm. you know, in real life. And we have many friends that went through the same situations, many family members, but we don't see that on television. Right. You know, we don't see the the story. And, you know, so you, you we see the baby mamas mm-hmm. and the ghetto girls, but we don't see like why, you know, what's your story? Why do you? act the way that you do. So it was it was refreshing to right. kind of get a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, I absolutely loved it. At first, I was wondering how season six would go. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I really was hating on it till about <laughs> four episodes in. But this, I, I like it because 
you know, not every episode needs to be comedy. Not every episode needs to be a drama. There should be a good mix. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like they they did that this season. And you know, this ten, this episode was a little more serious than the other ones. But it was good because we've seen the dysfunction with Tasha and Malik for the past six seasons. But we yeah. never got into it. And honestly, I would love if they did like a spinoff. Of just them, like yes. a movie about I'm their life. I'm seriously obsessed with them. <laughs> like this episode, I was like, and then you know, it comes on like immediately after um, it airs, and I, I watched it again. I was right. like, you know what? I'm gonna watch it again. So <laughs> it was so good to me. I was completely impressed mm-hmm. with the acting, with the cinematography. Sorry, that's a tongue twister for me. I was just, I loved this episode. I know I keep going on and on about it, but it was just the bomb.com yeah, to was, me. It, it was really, good. really yeah, You know, and, and let's be real, you know, one of the things that you touched on was the fact that there's a lot of people in society that can relate to a situation of like course. that. And, mm-hmm. you know, me growing up with a single parent as well, um, I don't know if any of you guys grew up with single parents, but just from a son to mother kind of thing, I saw reflections of me and my mom when I was watching that whole episode, especially because she has some of Tasha's tendencies. You yes. know, she is very mm-hmm. dependent on me because there was no other man. So, I mean, I just kind of had an emotional connection mm-hmm. with the actual, um, with the episode itself. And I, I just thought that they really went for it here. They did. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, like you had stated, you, you've seen the dysfunction of both of their, um, you know, of their, of their relationship right. over the last six seasons, but we've never really dug into Tasha's backstory. We never really understood it. And it was, you know, it was blatantly exposed for us here. And then the last thing I want to say is that it kind of, you know, kind of gives you a better understanding, you know, to not judge. I mean, you shouldn't judge anyway, but you never know what somebody's gone through, what their background is and whatnot. So you kind of want to take those things into consideration. I just like the fact that it was an open book on their background. Right. And shout out to the doctor who's played by Curtis Armstrong. And when I was watching this, I was like, where do I know him from? From Revenge of the Nerds. He was Booger. Mm -hmm. Remember? I was like, I mean, that was a a long time ago. But still, that was like the best role ever. So shout out. He did a really good job as the doctor here. I I felt like it was real. Exactly. That's I don't see him as anything else but the doctor. You don't see Booger. Yeah, so it, was, it starts off by Tasha saying to the doctor that, you know, she's got the referral from Kelly, which was good because you yeah. haven't seen Kelly I in a I told you guys. I was like, she's inching her way back mm-hmm. into it a little bit more and more so. we are seeing mm-hmm. or hearing about Kelly's character. Yes, and we find out Kelly's in Paris. She lives in Paris, and she gets to see her kid on holidays and, you know, that kind Summers. of stuff. Summers. Which is like, okay, so I guess Jason is the custodial parent, which we never really got, you know, in other episodes. We just, we always assumed Brittany just shuttled between him and his wife. But I guess now yeah, we know Britt Bratt is with Jason and Chardonnay. Um, and then she pays for a 24-hour session. That is kind of, she hands him the money like, you're going to fix me today. That's a little arrogant, I will say. It very is. Tasha was very yeah. arrogant. Like, bump what you got to do. Here you go, this money, money talks. You're going to basically fix me. Yeah. And one of the first things that she says is that she's she does white stuff, like Pilates. <laughs> she, she said she's gluten-free, she and she said she eats salad. She's like, I do white stuff. <laughs> like, well, black people can't eat healthy. Exactly. Right? You know? But you know what? You know, just to be really, really, really real, you go, I got family members who like Ashley, so you ain't trying to have no fried chicken every, no! I <laughs> eat other things besides that, so just to keep it really real, that's how some people really do think. I think it's more think. of a southern thing. No, because I'm California, from Ohio. No, I'm from Ohio, and people still feel that way. So her saying that, I, I, I did 
did feel some kind of connection to that. But Mm -hmm. what I wanted to say is when she first initially got to, you know, arrived at her appointment, she was like, yeah, um, she came in with a bad attitude. A good weave, though. I loved her hair. (laughs) But a bad attitude. And I'm like, Tasha, if you're going into something, go into it with a positive attitude. If you want to be fixed or if you want to, you know, spill out these emotions, I think that you should come with a positive attitude. And she was typical Tasha, but she left. I I got the feeling that she, you know, it sunk what the doctor had to say. So, right. Yeah. Well, well, in addition to just her extreme arrogance, I felt the problem was that she was just in denial the whole first, like, maybe 10 minutes that she was talking to him, you know. Right. But you are. When when you have a problem, most people, you start off in denial. That's why you're going to get help. Right. You know? Which is why I think she comes in with a bad attitude. She doesn't know that that's a problem and that's part Uh of her issue. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, but I'm I'm saying that's that's her detriment, though, you know, um, because she's not going to get healed in order, you know, whether you're an addict um, or whatever it is, you have to acknowledge that you have the issue before you can, um, you know, uh, uh, draw a resolution or, you know, uh, get therapy from it. So seeing her fight him the first 10 minutes, (laughs) literally, you know. Um, it was just, like you said, typical Tasha. And it was like, okay, how are you going to come and receive help when you come in with that attitude and you have this block up, you know, typical prideful Tasha, I'm right, you know, and all this other stuff. Right. So it was good to see her pull that 180 and to see her at the end actually have that emotional breakdown where she realized that. I'm my own worst enemy. Exactly. Boom. When I think of Tasha, for some reason, I think of like a stray animal, like a, <laughs> a stray dog or a stray cat that's been abused where you know they're lovable, but they're so scared of getting hurt. Yeah. You know, they go and try to bite people. And I think Tasha needs to realize that everybody's not trying to hurt her, you right. know, mm-hmm. and that people love her and that want to help her. But she needs to let them in. She needs to let that guard down. Yeah. And this goes back to what I was saying last week is that she's not bitter. She's just tired. She's tired of people hurting her emotionally. She's tired of letting people in and spilling out her emotions to them, seeking help and seeking advice, and then they just turn around and hurt her. So, I mean, and I love BET for, you know putting this out because just like what Tasha mentioned in this episode a lot of black folk don't go to therapy I don't know why but we just have some kind of stigma for the same reason that we don't go to doctors exactly I'm like so it's great that BET put this out there and it's okay to go to therapy we all have problems I don't care how good everything looks yeah Yeah. after watching this episode I I want to go to therapy exactly it's so there's some underlying issues exactly Curtis Armstrong is your doctor because you you never know. You never know your own hurts, and you never know your own issues until you get an outs- outside right. perspective. Amen. So I just—you're not bitter, like honey. I'm just saying because it's, it's always so, society always comes down on women, specifically black women, because I'm speaking from experience, not just because I'm black. But they always, you know, if you if we lash out or if we're loud or if we're this or we're that, we're bitter. Or no, it's that's not the case. There's always other yeah. issues that impact the way we all act so i just just like you said don't judge yeah, don't judge. Exactly. Don't don't judge. And I, I like the way you so eloquently um, <laughs> you know, stated that, but I'll be trying to break it down, I, honey. You did. But, <laughs> uh, you, you broke it down. But I still think that there is a little bit of bitterness in her. I you think know. So. 
And it's now whether whether you attribute her bitterness to being damaged, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to not being able to trust anyone or things of that sort. Yeah. All those things play a role in it. But the woman is bitter. You know, she is bitter on life. She's bitter on relationships. And despite her, you know, catastrophic past Mm -hmm. with this, you know, this is the only way for her to get unbitterized. And and, and I think you need (laughs) some sweetener added to that. (laughs) I mean, but the bitterness, I think, also comes from the way people have treated her because she talked about how, you know, being from Richmond, she dropped the law, yeah. the la, in the beginning mm-hmm. of her name. She don't want you to call her LaTasha, LaTasha. because there's a LaTanya, LaRay, LaQuisha. So she just, you know, she didn't want to be like that, especially because, you know, everybody just was kind of like, oh, Tasha, this little ghetto girl who had a son at 14, which I didn't know. Did they ever I say that? Know. They seasons? never said 14. I imagine right. 16, 17, yeah. but 14. Do you guys think that's, that's realistic in today's society that 14 year olds are getting pregnant? I mean, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, well, it happens. Lil Wayne had a baby at what? Uh, Toya Carter was 15. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't know that. So yeah. I think that happened. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't being, say it's prevalent, but right. it does, you know, happen. I remember so. being in middle school and there were girls who had babies and what they would what? do is that yeah my middle school was next to the middle high school. school good god so I had friends who had babies in middle school and they would um, there was a daycare at the high school so what? they would go over to the high school drop off the kids and then come back oh, wow. so in yeah when you're in middle school you're 14 13 15 and so. I can only imagine well wow. yeah I can only imagine you know the kind of ridicule that Tasha right. received and you know growing and she, and she says that she says that Chauncey who's her baby daddy said what that his family didn't like her and that he couldn't go to prom with her because she was pregnant. Yeah. Which is, by the way, that's kind of weird. If she got pregnant, if... It was probably like a dance. Like, you know, when okay. you, the eighth grade, you have like this big Chauncey thing. But maybe Chauncey was okay. older than her. Oh, maybe that's true. Yeah, yeah. because, you know, oh, you, you date right. the high schooler when you're in middle school. At 14, you're dating a senior in high school. Oh, that happens all the time. Ah, 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 But that's a good point. I would love to know, like, was he a lot older? Because that could I be imagine, like... I imagine, because that's so. usually how it is. When you're in high school, um, the guys are usually more right. promiscuous probably seen this 14 year old and pressured oh, wow. her you know yeah. see so. when I was in middle school I was dating the high schoolers and whatnot, oh, and college freshmen as well that's but, disgusting yeah. <laughs> that's pretty somebody <laughs> call people on you um, it's interesting um, what you had said about Tasha how she has been hurt by so many people that she has this guard up but I wonder how many people has Tasha hurt because of that. You know, mm-hmm. she's very ignorant to herself. She doesn't look at herself in mm-hmm. the mirror. And we can run down the list right. of people that she's hurting. And so it's like a, a domino effect. People hurt her. She, she just people. reciprocates it. Yeah, it's just like, when is it going to end? Do you think that Tasha knows that she's actually hurting these people? Or do you think that it's just... I think she knows she doesn't care. I think she doesn't understand the ramifications. Yeah, I don't think she understands. Yeah. But I, I think she does know. I think that her focus is so on herself that it's not as important. I feel like because so many people have hurt her, it's okay that she cheats on Pookie because, you know, she's been hurt before and she doesn't want to be hurt again, so she's going to just date Rick Fox while she's dating him. But I think, uh, I don't, because you remember what she said? She says, I'm from Richmond. I'm a ride-or-die chick. Like, I got your back. I'm about that life. You know, so for her, it's like, I never cheat. That's what she said. I'm not a cheater. But So I think in her head, she's denial. kind of, right, she's kind of changed her reality to where I'm not cheating. Mm-hmm. But there was something that he was 
wasn't giving me. So I was getting that from somebody else. But I'm not cheating because my heart was with him. Yeah. And I would do whatever for him. So that's a little delusional. Oh, in my this heart sense. hurts thinking <laughs> of all this. It really does. Honestly, I, I feel so bad. I just want to hug her. Like, Yeah, I, I don't think that she's a bad person. And I think that, you know... In, in our conversations, it kind of seems like we're painting her out to be a bad person. I don't think that that is the case at all. Right. I She just needs help, and she does hurt people, but I don't think that her hurt is intentional. And yeah. I do believe that she cares about people that are her, right. around I, her. I, I think this—sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. I think this just—you you can think of people in your own life, if it's not yourself, other people where they've been hurt by people. Maybe right. they were abused by their parents, and then they get into a relationship, and they start abusing the person they're dating. When in reality, I don't believe they're a bad person, but they just—a lot of people don't know what real love is because they weren't shown. Like, I right. want to hear the backstory about her parents. Mm-hmm. What's the role of her mother? What's the role? Like, we know she was fatherless, but I want to know the back. I, I want to get deeper with her, and hopefully right. we'll see that come about with these sessions with the psychiatrist. Well, she did say that her and her mother did not have a really great relationship because she wanted, her mother wanted her to give up Malik. So that's why I think, you yeah, know, she said that's a lot that of friction. That, yeah. So I think that she was just hurt by so many people in her past, and then currently, and she just, she built a guard up, which is natural. It's yeah. natural for us to build a guard up if we yeah. don't want to get and hurt. I wonder, wait a second, what were you going to say, Kevin? She's over like, there about to explode. Right. Right. He's yeah, like, yeah, all yeah. these women. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was about to say, I, but no, I was about to throw a flag in the talk, but um, <laughs> he's um, the referee. Hence the game, yeah. But, um, see how I tied it in there? Stripes, yeah. right. No. But no, you know, what we I was going to say is, I actually, we do. Very much so. <laughs> um, and she's, uh, no. Megan's Sorry, kind of in with this Oh, and I know. Oh, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Your but, nails match. Your nails match. <laughs> Holler. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I kind of beg to differ with you guys. Sorry, but I, I personally think that she intentionally hurts other people. And I, the reason I say that is because I think that's empowering to her when she acts out in those ways. Mm-hmm. Think of someone that has been drugged through the mud, emotionally scarred and stuff, you know, pretty much her whole life. I think in a way for her doing that back to other people, that makes her feel good. That makes her feel proud. That makes her feel valuable. That makes right. her feel like she has worth. So, like I yeah. said, I think it's empowering for her to do those things. I think she's well aware of it. She's cognizant of it. And she does it anyway because it feels good to her. Right. And she calls it being boisterous and gregarious. Which she says helps her to not blend into the background. So for her, it's like, I have to be louder than everybody. I have to do this. Or else you just don't think that I'm some ghetto girl that had a baby from Richmond and that was her, my meal ticket. Like, you're going to look at me more than just that. So let me be louder, just to you know, herself. more assertive than everybody else here. So you know that I am somebody and I'm not just like every other black woman, which is what she says. But that in itself is a problem. Right. And I feel like she just does not know any better. Yes, grown women can sometimes. <laughs> times not know any better and I think that it's a cycle that needs to be broken and that cycle is very prevalent in you know the black community I have right. to be loud I have to do this and I have just to make sure everyone I'm that I'm seen you know what I mean I agree. and um, I just think she just does not know any better she does not know how to love because she has not been loved on so I think going to this therapist will you know I, I'm, I feel like I'm always like no I don't agree with you Kevin <laughs> but I just feel like it's she cool. 
she we she have doesn't a great know relationship yeah. outside I of this. I, I yeah, I just feel like she just does not know any better. I know there's many times where uh, I think that I'm doing uh, something right, but then I hurt someone's feelings, and I didn't intentionally mean to hurt their feelings, but I just didn't know any better. See, I think, pro- I, I think you guys ahead. are saying the same thing though, because you're saying that it's unintentional, or that it's intentional that she hurts people, and you're saying that. She hurts these people, but it's not that she meant to. That's just her actions. And I think it's kind of the same thing in the, in the sense of she doesn't think in her head, I'm going to hurt these people because yeah. it makes me feel better. But because of how her, her history and her past, that's how her behaviors kind of come out. That's how she thinks she's so, supposed to act. Right. Act out, yeah. yeah. So in, in a sense, it's kind. Of, you guys are kind of saying the same thing. Yeah. Thanks for, for bridging that together there. Yeah. there and consolidating <laughs> that. Our we are great buddies. Just like <laughs> Adventures of Cereal Buddies, right? Ex- oh, yes. Right? Cereal Buddies. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Cereal Buddies, have you seen Cereal Buddies lately? One of the funniest and most hilarious films to come out in the last two years. It stars Maria Menounos. Um, get I that think together. I Maria do need to get that together. Maria Menounos. <laughs> It also stars a lot of other your favorite comedians in there, your favorite Beth actors Bears, in there. Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Voice hilarious. of Harry Winkler. Everybody. Voice of Harry Winkler. All of them. Please, if you love comedies and you love comedic actors, this is a movie you definitely need to see. Serial Buddies. Go on iTunes, download it, or you can go it on AfterBuzz TV website and check it out, but you need to see it. Yes. Adventures of Serial Buddies. SerialBuddies.com. Did you say that? I did not, but thanks for having oh, my back. And speaking of and speaking of iTunes, <laughs> let, uh, we love, love, love the support that mm-hmm. we get at AfterBuzz TV. Continue that support. Go to iTunes, rate, comment, and share this specific yes. AfterBuzz TV after show. Rate, comment, and share. Give us five stars. Five, yes. and tell a friend about it. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you go to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. Specifically, we love that you watch us. We're happy about that. Please comment. But we also need you to subscribe to our podcast. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I want to talk about uh, how you were saying that um, you know, she got pregnant at a young age and how she had to sacrifice and how her keeping the baby really changed and affected her. But imagine, or what about the women who get pregnant at a young age? I, I feel like who have abortions that would affected her as well. So it's like, it's, it's a catch 22. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I, I, it's, it's going to scar you regardless. So yeah. it's like, what should she have done? She said if she didn't have them, she would have went to grad school, became a lawyer. But I know that would have carried and stayed with her if right. she would have got rid of them. <laughs> right. I think she said, I mean, she says she would have been okay. You know, she, she feels like I still would have been fine if I didn't have him. I would have, you know, I would have done okay for myself. But I think that eats her up inside because on one hand, she, you know, had her son sacrificed a lot being 14, 15 years old having this baby. And then on the other hand, she didn't get to do all the stuff that she, you know, thought she could be because she, she was smart. She said she was smart. She had good grades, you know, on the, was it debate team? Or, you know, she's really good. So I think that it's always, there's always a sense of what could I have been for maybe a lot of single mothers that might have their, their kids in their teens. Mm-hmm. Like, what else could my life have been like if mm-hmm. I didn't have this child at this time? Yeah. Well, speaking of kids, let's talk about the relationship, the codependent relationship that Malik has with his mother, which, you know what, I see this so much with... Even my friends. I'm Kevin, like, Kevin and his mama. You are such a mama's exactly. boy. And it's exactly. like, it, it affects that man's relationship right. with a woman because ain't nobody got time for that. Anybody yeah. trying to be your mama and do your laundry, you need to be a man. Do you think that, you know, men 
who are co- have a codependent relationship with their moms, you know, can be a man. Yeah, it, only if they allow that to affect them. Everyone has, you know, I know a lot of men that are, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call them mama's boys, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're mama's boys. And, you know, they, they, they don't allow that to affect their life. They don't allow that to affect their relationships with women and things of that sort. So I think it all depends on the person. Some, some people can't see outside of that. Mm-hmm. For some people, right. you know, it, it, it's their mama that, you know, that's all it is. And yeah. they have to submit to that person. They are there for that person. They, uh, you know, they can't get underneath that the umbrella of right. mom, you know, she, she still has the titty in your mouth and you're 28 years old, you yeah. know, but you know, I think that you have to allow yourself kind of like Malik said at the end, Oh, I'm my own man. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm independent now. I'm, a, you know, but he, he's just now realizing that before right. yeah, he, he didn't, didn't he was it. that, he was that mama's boy. He, he did whatever his mother told him to do. And that affected his, his relationship with women. Yeah. Right. And he even said, you know, I let this strong, independent, professional woman go out of my life so that I can, you know, save, save, save Megan. You and called it, it in predictions. You did. Wow. I, did. I was just like, I think that's why he saved her because it reminds him of his mother. Yep. And, you know, he says that his mother was never loved and that's the reason why he does everything for her because he wants her to know that she's loved and so I, I think he kind of saw that when he saw Tori getting you know like halfway beat up in the club by her man mm-hmm. that he, he felt like I needed to save her because that's my mom sitting there, there let me yeah. go make sure my mom's okay but it's not your mom that's Tori it's not your problem mm-hmm. so I, I'm glad he came to that realization and hopefully he gets to get Reese back uh, I don't know if that's possible I think he will I think he will yeah, I, I think if anything, this would motivate him right. to get, get back with it and make things right. But I don't know. even know if he should go back to Reese. Y'all are some Reese haters. Well, I think that what I feel like she got her own daddy issues. I feel like everybody got she issues. Going yeah, on. Every, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's wrong with Tori? You said what's wrong with Tori? Tori. Tori's a yes. You at the beginning of the season, she's just like, okay, do whatever. If you want to get drunk and high, fine. She's not the voice of reason for him, and well, clearly she's got she, drama in her own life. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't make the best decisions. You see that your your baby daddy is going off on you, and you have the nerve to be like, hey, girl, you see this man is crazy. You know, you could have just been like, okay, I see Malik over there. Let me look back. And then you come to the man's house and he's have you see he's having issues with his girl and she's just like, I don't want you to talk to this chick. She could have called. She could have sent that in a text message. She could have did a video and sent it to him or something. I don't know. Skyped him. Yeah. Something. She didn't have to come over there and ruin that man's happy home. But he let her do that. So I can't blame her. But it seemed like he had some kind of emotional connection to right. her. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's that's a good thing. Well, yeah. I mean, of course they have that. Emo- I don't consider it emotional connection. But it was some <laughs> kind of connection that they had. But I feel like a lot of people jump into relationships without focusing on themselves and kind of figuring out who they are. Self-discovery, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I don't think Malik should go back to Tori or Reese. I think what he should do is just kind of, you know, sit in what the doctor, you know, told right. him. You are, you have a, you're basically your mom's fake husband. Right. And he needs to reflect on that and ask himself, okay, it took all of the, I don't know how old he is, but you've been doing this 25, for 25, like 28 mm-hmm. years. You need to kind of give yourself at least a year to just not be in a relationship right. and get yourself together. Right. Not necessarily a year, but 
more than a week. Like, you don't need to be smashing the homies. You need to be figuring out my life. Like, what's going on? Late. I'm about to say, if he's going to be about, single for a year, he will be smashing a lot of homies, okay? Hopefully. So, I don't I'm know. I'm just saying. Whatever. I don't think he's going to take a year of celibacy. So. I, here's what I didn't like, though, that he came to the realization so fast. And I feel like yeah. if you came to the realization that fast, you would have realized this years before. Because it was just like, light bulb, I'm fixed, I'm out. Yeah. But maybe nobody's really ever broke it down to him like that. Like, maybe this is the first time he's actually intellectually thought about this and it allowed it to resonate and sink in. I don't know. I feel like in other episodes, people have said stuff to him about being, you know, codependent or being a mama's boy or always doing stuff for his mom. But was it a doctor? No, but still, he's heard this before. This wasn't the first time he's heard this. So that's what I'm saying. I just think for time's sake, in this show, they had to cut that down. But I I mean, realistically, I don't think it should have gone like that. You would have had a revelation. See, but what I think it was is that Malik always knew that the relationship between his mother and him was kind of codependent, but he never addressed his mother about it. So because both of them were in the room, he knew what was going on, but he wanted someone else to tell her why they were together. So he already knew, Mom, this relationship is weird. I'm your husband. Stop. But she, he never told her. Right. So now that the doc, the doctor confronted her and was like, honey, you got a problem. He was like, right. thank God <laughs> I'm out. Like I'm free. You know what I mean? So I right. think it, you know, if you take it in that scenario, yeah, it, I think it's kind of makes sense. Right. And he finally stands up to his mother and he says to her that she's mean. That's why she's manless. He divorced her. Yeah. He called her a bully. Which is true. Which is really true. And you see how defensive she gets and she walks out because she's just like, he doesn't love me. He's going to come out here at any moment to come and save me. And he (laughs) did it. And that just, I think this is, I, I will have to say this because unfortunately, a lot of black women get pegged as mean, loud women. They're bitter. And if a, if their background is like Tasha, I can understand why they come off that way and why they may do the things that they do. But it's really unfortunate that because a few black women do that, that a lot of black women get labeled as bitter, angry black women. But you have to understand, let's look at this and see. If you see a lot of women like Tasha walking around that are bitter and happen to be black... Then now there's a lot of men walking around like I don't want to be with her. She, she's bitter <laughs> she's crazy. and she's black. And she probably, every black girl is like that. Unfortunately, it's not good to generalize like that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that's where that comes from, and it, it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate because a lot of black women do have a similar background as Tasha. Well, I'll just say a lot of black women I know are loud. I'm loud, and I'm but I ain't better. But I mean, I don't know. I just think that Tasha is a special uh, character who happens to be reflective of the African American community. Like a lot of women are like her, and like Megan said, you shouldn't judge and you shouldn't make broad generalizations based on one individual. But you know what the problem is. I, I completely hear that, and and I receive that. <laughs> Whenever I preface it with something like that, you know I'm about to disagree. Right. But no, I, I, I do. But see, the it's problem, like ping pong back and forth. Right? <laughs> but it's a good game. Who do you think's winning? All right. So, but anyways, you know the the problem is that it, I, I I hear continuously over and over. Um, you know, to excuse, not necessarily excuse, mm-hmm. but to, you know, justify her actions because of this or all of that. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, Tasha is a grown 
uh, adult. Right. All right? Mm-hmm. She's, what, 50 years old? I, I don't know how old so she's She is not 50. 50? Okay, she's, she's 48 like, and a half. Uh-huh. No, but I think she's supposed she, to be like late 30s, to be honest with you. If yeah, she, if she had moved to 15. That is a stretch. Right. But that's what I'm saying. If she had like early oh, 40s, 14 late. And in the his, show, yeah. in the show. What, whatever to do, yeah. she's a grown A woman, okay? And, you know, the problem is when you keep saying, well, you know, you got to understand their past. You got to understand what they've been through. Yes, I'm all about being compassionate, all about being understanding, all about, you know, comprehending what they went through. But at the end of the day, we can't con- continuously excuse their behavior yeah. as a result of that. There comes mm-hmm. a place in time when you're an adult, you man up or, or woman up or angry black woman up and you say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I, you know, this is something I'm going to put behind me. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. If you continuously keep going, Going back in that trail, less and less sympathy I have for you. True, that's that's completely true, and I I understand what, what you're saying. Right, however, <laughs> however, the ping pong back. I um um, you know, it's not to excuse her behavior. In order to fix yourself or to change how you are acting, you first have have to recognize your behavior. And if you do not recognize it as a bad behavior, then you're going to continue it. It's going to be a continuous cycle. So it, I believe that her getting this therapy and right. talking to this person, he's bringing this out of her. He's opening up old wounds and she's going to it's, he, he's They're putting a heal. mirror right. to her face and saying, this is what you mm-hmm. look like. She doesn't know what she looks like right now. And there are a lot of... There's even right. issues that I have right now that I don't know that I have because I have not... No one has, you know, put a mirror up to my face and say, Ashley, this may be the reason why you're hurting here. And in 10 years, there may be, you know, things that are wrong that I haven't discovered. It's all about self-discovery, and I feel like that's a process, right. and that's something that you do over time. You not you don't turn a certain age and grow up. It's like certain things that Me you too. have How to realize, you know, yeah. over yeah. time, and it's about going through the process in this yeah. life. You know what I mean? Well, like like you said, it's a process, and it's a progress. Yeah. And I haven't seen much progression because from her. Because she hasn't talked re- to anyone yeah. yet. Yeah, and I, th- I think this goes to show you what happens when you allow this this um, behavior to continue. Mm-hmm. So it's not about excusing people's bitterness and their angriness, but it's to show people who may come off like Tasha, this is what happens to you and this is why you need help to and get And that's it what you look like. You're going to end up manless. <laughs> right, that's, this is your mirror. Right? right. You're going to end up manless, sad, yeah. you know. You got to you gotta address what's wrong with you because being mean and loud is not is, is a symptom of something, of a disease. Something's and wrong. so you've got to address the disease in order to get rid of the symptoms. And so that's why I think this is good for her. And this was a, a mirror, I think, for people that are just like Tasha because yeah. they and say, oh my gosh, that was me. She was mm-hmm. killing That's why I like this. She yeah. was killing me. She I, I, was like, I don't have no de- disease. Uh, well, what about shingles? shingles? <laughs> <laughs> like, really, Tasha? Oh, she did I want to ask you guys this. So, we know that she has this codependency problem with her son, and that's why she can't allow herself to have a, a healthy relationship. How, what do you think is going to make them break that chain? Like, they obviously are going to come back and live in the same hotel on top of one another, eat dinner together. What do you think it's really going to take for them to to split apart? Either for Tasha to find a man... And 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 have a good relationship, or the same thing for Malik, for him to be in a solid. But because see, for both of them, I feel like it's too soon. They need to fix themselves right. before they can jump into a relationship and fully give themselves to other people. So how can they um, separate from each other if they are not in relationships with other people? Do you think it's they'll just have to continue to go to cycling, or do you think one of them's gonna step up and and really take hold of this and try to 
have their distance. I would say I think they need to be now that they're conscious. Oh, we have a codependent relationship. We what does he say? He um, they live in the same hotel, different floors, mm-hmm. same hotel. <laughs> um, what do, what else did he say? Oh, and I loved how they. He said they watch X Factor and they watch TV together like twice a week, but that's it, you know. And so they do a lot of things together. But what I'm saying is, now that they know that there's a codependency issue, it's up to them to say, "Oh, wait a minute, we probably shouldn't eat dinner for the third time together this week. Let's just, you know." So I think it's it, the responsibility is on both of them to say, "Oh, wait a minute, yeah, that would be us being codependent." So no, <laughs> so or maybe moving into a new hotel. I'm sure it's San Diego. There's more than one hotel. That's I nice. wonder if Malik will ever get transferred to another. The team or, or not transferred, but um, traded. She's probably traded. gonna go with them, but hopefully she does. But that's what I'm saying. She's still his manager, yeah. or no? Okay, or maybe I she'll that. move. Maybe she'll go to Paris with Kelly. Maybe that's the, the plug yeah, with Kelly. maybe. She'll take some time. Ooh, prediction. Sounds like a prediction. <laughs> <laughs> prediction. I just came up with the that's prediction. Real, that's actually Cute. very good. Very good. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. Do you want to jump into predictions then? Um, oh, we still got more to talk about. Yeah, here we go. Say, we finished. Uh, oh. Well, I think. I mean, the only thing. The only thing that we we had was the conclusion, which is um, Tasha realizes that she's been hurt. She has issues accepting herself, and this has limited some of her relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as she hears the doctor saying this, you see the sadness in her face and the mm-hmm. sadness in her eyes. So, I think it's that was a great to get, moment too. It was a beautiful it was moment. It was serious, and and she she did that thing. Wendy Raquel Robinson, you did that thing on this episode, girl. Right, you that. out of a flat. Someone give her yes. an Emmy. All okay. right. <laughs> so predictions. Now we can go. We already okay. have the music, so we're good. So I'll just start. Go ahead. Ooh, I already started, yeah. but yeah, I predict that. You know, Kelly has been coming up in conversation, and I think it's for a good reason. I think it is time for Tasha Mack to be independent, and she's going to go to Paris, spend some time with Kelly, reflect on herself, and come back, hopefully, as a new woman. Okay. Come back to me. Exactly. I'm gonna just oppose Ashley. Well, um, as far as predictions, I think that we're gonna see a little bit more of um, Tasha's story, um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen with Malik. I know in the next episode we see that the guy comes back who he had fought in the bar um, to come jump him to yeah. go jump him so I'm interested to see what's going to happen with that um, but as far as that I really don't have any predictions for this week I was just so caught up on how amazing it was I'm yeah, like was. you know yeah. what I just pre- I just want more of Tasha and Malik I want to spin off of that can we get that next week right that would be great right. like a- I will say that I think that um, we see Blue and Kira are watching her movie and then there's a little sex Ooh. scene and he's and like, what? He with Boris Kojo. No, with no. Monica Garrett. Oops, it's my bad. You look like Boris. But at least we know what's on your mind. At least we know what you think yeah. about it. Right. <laughs> um, and he asks Kira if she had sex with Luke. I don't think she did. I don't. I think the answer is no. Um, and then we also see that Tasha decides, she tells Chardonnay she's going on a Tasha summer I'm sorry tour, which I think 
th- it's not going to go as good as she thinks it's going to go. I don't think people people are going to be like, well, whatever, sorry. It sounds I, don't, I don't accept your sorry. I really want to know what the people out there think of this week's episode. You guys on iTunes and um, watching us on AfterBuzzTV.com. Tweet at us, rate us, subscribe on iTunes, but make sure you comment and tell us what you think. Was Tasha um, really in the right for being codependent with her son, or do you think it's, you know, she needs to break that tie? Right. Your predictions? predictions? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my, yeah, no, I saw you just keep going. I'm, uh, Y'all didn't have uh, so dirty. Right. <laughs> um, now, you know, my prediction, I, I honestly think that this, we saw breakthrough with Tasha at the end of this, and I, I, I firmly think that she is going to um, uh, realize her issues, acknowledge them, and I think her character is going to redeem herself. I, I think you're going to see nothing but redemptive qualities in her, and I think that she's really going to... Um, you're you're going to find some conclusion and resolution to her character. Okay. And, uh, yeah, but she needs to continue to go to therapy, I think. 24 yeah. hours is and stop is not going to do everything. I right. think you need to... It's a continuous process. Right. So next week should be good. We have two episodes left. Where can we find you guys at? You can find me at Fit with Fallon on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure to go to fitwithfallon.com for all your celebrity news and fitness tips. You can find me on Twitter at HeyKevinJohn. You can find me on Facebook, Kevin John Peters. My website, it's KevinJohn.com. Or you can find me with Tasha on the weekends. <laughs> What's up, everyone? I am Ashley Gray. Make sure that you follow me on Twitter at TweetNinaMarieG and on Instagram at NinaMarieGray. And as always, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Meg Scoop, like Scoop of Ice Cream. And don't forget to go to SerialBuddies.com and download Adventures of Serial Buddies, which helps us right here at AfterBuzz TV. Yes. Until next week, see you later. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.